0: Speed round, Paul or John?
1: Early Paul, late John.
0: Mario or Sonic?
1: Early Sonic, late Mario.
2: Early Sonic, late Mario? What? In what world? Early both. Damn. the podcast where psychology meets film. I am your host, Dr. Alex Swan, and in this episode, we are going to jump into the world of social media. Nope, this episode is not about the social network, but of a later, more recent film on social media, and dare I say, uh, phone maker, uh, computer maker, Yeah, we'll get into all of that. The film we're talking about is The Circle. Circle. Uh, This came out in 2017. And I gotta say, it's post-pandemic, after the pandemic. This movie seems rather uh, prophetic, honestly. Uh, Just considering how different 2024 and beyond uh, are from just 7 years ago 2017 you know it, it 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 feels like different worlds and i don't think the premise of the movie made sense in 2017 but it certainly makes sense now it's wild that's what when i watched it i was like well that's weird honestly too bad it's not a better movie it's actually kind of bland, kind of weak as uh, a story. The acting is weird. Emma Watson just doesn't sound like a convincing American accent, an American-accented person. So we're going to talk about that, because despite it being a very flawed film, there are some wonderful nuggets of psych. For this episode, it's just going to be me because I recently watched this movie like a week ago for the first time, and I was like, you know what? I got to get a free evening to talk about the psych in this movie. I immediately wrote about it in my Letterboxd review, and I wanted to make sure that I got my thoughts on this out fresh, and it, I always like to give Uh, guests enough time to watch a movie especially if it's their first time watching the movie and to really gather their thoughts and put their thoughts down and I, I just needed to make sure that I got this out while while the taste aftertaste if you will of the movie was still in my mouth so we are going to explore in this episode you and me the site concepts of the circle. Before we do that, let's uh, get a little bit more information. So I mentioned Emma Watson; she plays the main character of May. May is a down on her luck gal, going from temp job to temp job, and she's not doing so great. And then her friend gets her an interview at the Circle. The Circle, a not so subtle nod to the infinity loop or whatever they call it in uh, at Apple headquarters is not subtle at all, but it also is so it's an Apple like company, but it's also uh, a meta, a Facebook like company too. If you were to like have Apple create the most wild, wildly toxic places maybe not as bad as twitter or whatever that's called these days and so apple had like not only the social aspect of it all i mean in some in many ways they already do especially if you use the app store and and uh allow apple to share your data and everything like that in many respects they do i think there are more of a purveyor of software and hardware rather than what Facebook is, which is just a nicely presented data farm uh, that we can all be connected <laughs> anywhere in the world, right? So it's those. It's like a, a blend of those two companies. The, the next big name in this cast is Tom Hanks, and he plays, I think, again... A real world mixture of Steve Jobs and maybe Elon Musk. He, he's he's a little Muskish, I I will say. Uh, rather than Mark Zuckerberg, he didn't strike me as a Mark Zuckerberg mixed with a uh, Steve Jobs. But he's plenty Steve Jobs like in his delivery and his enthusiasm and his like cult status kind of thing. John Boyega, Finn of the uh, latter sequel trilogy for Star Wars, plays Ty, and we learn later in the movie, spoiler alert, that he is the creator of the app side of the business. Bill Paxton and Glennie Headley play May's parents. And Karen Gillum plays Annie, who appears to be a college friend and so they they had grad May and 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 uh, Annie, I think, did college together because Karen is uh, Scottish and her character Annie is Scottish as well. So they do that. And then a few bit roles here and there. But those are your those are your top names. I think maybe Patton Oswalt had a, a cameo. Yes, that's right. Patton Oswalt is in the movie. <laughs> he plays the uh, COO, uh, the operations officer. And somebody who's in cahoots with Tom Hanks's Bailey. Oh yes, no. This is not just a, a satire of tech companies and like Facebook and and Apple. It is a full-on thriller. It is a thriller that isn't so thrilling more th- more than disappointing, and uh, I don't know a certain resigned cynicism. That you're like, oh, yeah, this is our kind of like our lifestyle. Well, oh, shoot. The film was directed by James Ponzelt and he uh, has writing credit as well with Dave Eggers. And so the story goes that May is down on her luck. She gets the invite, as I said, to interview at the Circle. And she has a really good interview, it's a very strange interview, it's meant to be jarring to reflect the ethos of the circle and, and how they want to uh, break the mold, but also create a new mold, I suppose. How would you describe what the circle is to, say, your grandmother?
1: Take True You, for example. It combined everything that was separate and sloppy into one account. No more forgetting your password, multiple identities, identity theft. You use your real name, which is tied to your credit card.
0: I think grandma's fallen asleep.
1: (sighs) Okay. Before True You, it was like you needed a different vehicle for every single one of your errands. And no one should have to own 87 different cars. It doesn't make sense. It's the chaos of the web made elegant
0: and simple. Speed round, Paul or John?
1: Early Paul, late John.
0: Mario or Sonic?
1: Early Sonic, late Mario.
0: Introspection or communication? Uh. May.
1: Sorry, I'm thinking about
0: it. So that's introspection. Sushi or Soylent? Sushi. Ever owned a Velcro wallet? Yes. Velcro shoes? Yes. Velcro pants? Yes. What was the name of the receptionist who checked you in this morning?
3: Um.
1: Linda.
0: Joan Baez or Joan Crawford? Joan Didion. Gif or Jif?
1: I'm not answering that. There's too much at stake. Would
0: you like to go out with me?
1: It's very inappropriate.
0: Good. Quality or convenience?
1: Not mutually exclusive. Needs
0: of the society or needs of the individual? Should be the same. You're most scared of?
1: Unfulfilled potential.
2: So she gets this job to circle she first starts at customer service. And it's a gamified incentive based performance uh, target that she has to hit in her interactions with clients and customers. And there's also this like level of you need to integrate yourself into the corporate structure, and the core corporate lifestyle. You have to be on the circle and active and responding to things and doing stuff. You have to engage in all sorts of activities with your coworkers, either in an organized sense, like going to yoga or whatever, or just like having a a, a chat and like doing those random coffee breaks kind of things or or doing Q and A's with your coworkers. Very creepy, very invasive. You get the sense that May is getting disgusted by it and, and sort of tr- having trouble integrating herself. But then she um, goes kayaking in the San Francisco Bay on her own, gets into an accident. And she was only and she was get, she got capsized by a, a bigger boat in the fog. And she was only saved because of the camera system that the circle started, which is like pinhole sized cameras that you could stick anywhere. And it's like connected to some sort of satellite mesh around the world, super fast internet with crisp, cr- the crispest of video and audio.
1: Good morning, everyone. Sun is shining and I definitely need my coffee. <laughs> we are in my third week of transparency and we're up to 2,308,007 viewers. Wow, did I tell you guys I'm not a morning person? Okay, among all of those viewers are... I don't even know what to Hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. Hi. Hi, May. Say hello to everyone.
4: Hello,
1: Hello, circle. circle. <laughs> Look, we match.
4: Yeah. We sure do.
1: These are great.
4: Very stylish.
1: I love you guys. I'll see you later. Love you. See you, too,
4: sweetheart. Bye.
2: So, May agrees to uh, essentially become a t- 24 hour uh, live streamer uh, while still also working at the circle. So, not only um, showing everyone where she works, but being inside the building, which could potentially have trade secrets and other proprietary information or structure or something bad going on in the background, it eventually does. She's not at work, but she convinces her parents to do it. And the company paid for her dad's MS treatment. And then they get caught having sex uh, and they're mortified at everything like that. And then May realizes she goofed and so with the help of ty who created the circle she exposes bailey the face of the circle uh, they make all of the communications and shady business stuff they were doing all of the data farming that they were doing the anti-privacy stuff that they were doing it was all exposed to the world and everyone was like oh we got him we got him. Everybody get a high five. We got him. So you can imagine with a plot like that and the sequence of events as we go from one kind of story to another kind of story kind of halfway through, there's a lot of psych to talk about in this. You can imagine that there's a lot of psych to talk about this. And it's some of the my most favorite topics to talk about, too. I love... I love talking about these fun little things, and I learned something new. So stick around, and we'll get into the psych. Okay, so I found five really good ones, ones that I like to talk about quite a bit, depending on the class that I'm teaching and, and the content that I'm teaching in that class. And then, I, like I said, I learned something new. So I I I have five concepts that I want to share with you, scenes here and there, hopefully of clips interspersed uh, throughout so you can get a little bit more at least audio context of of what we're talking about here so i wanted to go through those and then while i'm talking about those five concepts see whether or not they're accurate and i said at the top of the show that this movie was ahead of its time in 2017 at least as far as i i see it as as far as the nature of the world now versus the nature of the world back then like i said a little prophetic maybe that's too big a grandiose of uh, of a word but i was i was struck while i was watching it so may let's talk about may and the thing that i learned about today which is i i just love it so i was putting my thoughts together today for um the for me, for me chatting here and uh, I was looking up surveillance and the kind of world that the circle has kind of built in this in this time period which seems like it's it was 2017 when the movie came out and so I I was looking around at all of that stuff and I found a cool effect that I don't know if I had heard before it seemed familiar but there's a there's so much overlap in the different kinds of effects. So I want to first talk about the surveillance aspect of this movie, which is honestly the ultimate twist, I suppose. Well, I guess the twist the twist was revealing who Bailey really was to the world. But the idea of the sea change cameras which sort drive the second half of the movie, this new camera that you it has a sticky agent to it you can put it anywhere it has a tiny little infinite battery in it it has the best image processor and really great microphones and you can just put them up anywhere and it connects to this the circle supported world a web of wi-fi super wi-fi and they can upload from anywhere and the circle has all of that video data
4: Do you see any cameras here? No. We have 144 cameras in place here. And it took us just a day to do it. And they're virtually invisible. They come in every color. So camouflaging is essential. This is my favorite. Oh, nice catch. Sign her up. So now the entire world is watching. You know, I agree with the Hague, with the human rights activists all over the world. There needs to be accountability. Tyrants and terrorists can no longer hide. We will see them. We will hear them. We will hear and see everything. If it happens, we'll know. We're calling it sea change. Sea change. Oh, and we'll know the good things too. We will see it all, because knowing is good, but knowing everything is bad.
2: So definitely connection to the surveillance fears shortly after September 11th, 2001, right? And the specific aspect of surveillance that I want to talk about here is not the fear of surveillance, but the kinds of surveillance that uh that changes people's behavior uh and whether or not constant surveillance makes a more just and peaceful society, right? And and so I was looking looking all of this up and I came across the Panopticon effect and I was like, huh, that sounded familiar. No, it wasn't familiar. This is something brand new, T I L. And it was a Uh, It's so named because of the panopticon prison conceptualized by English philosopher Jeremy Bentham in the late 1700s. And it's this prison where inmates in that prison are always visible and should therefore, so goes the effect, that they would self-regulate their behavior. So... If you've never heard of the Panopticon effect, this is really cool. It's a circular prison with cells arranged around a central watchtower, okay? And in that watchtower are the guards, but the great feature of, and the key feature, really, of the watchtower is that prisoners can't see into the watchtower. So, like, one made mirrors, I guess. So they never know whether they are going to be watched or being watched currently. And so the idea is the uncertainty is intended to encourage them to regulate their own behavior as they must assume that they are always under observation. That's biblical, right? That's what I hear it as. That's what I see it as. It's like the watchtower represents the idea of gods or deities that are Watching us regulate our behaviors, not to get rowdy, whatever. But we can never know that we are being watched. That is, I think, the uh, nature of many religions in the world, right? But of course, it's couched in this metaphor of the prison. So let's bring this to the movie. The sea change cameras are the very definition of just constant surveillance, that we are being watched, and we don't know that we're being watched. And as a result, we're not going to be rowdy. And then, so we have those, and then we have the dramatic shift in characterization, I think, when May agrees to go fully transparent because she just so happened to be caught in a lie, but also her life was literally saved by these cameras. I mean, you could be thankful that a piece of technology helped save your life, but I don't think you need to go then now worship it as a god. It's a piece of technology that that helped save your life. It's great. That's what technology should be for. It should be for the betterment, right? But I don't think her character would have made that change just after that. I don't think so. But in any case, she does. And she goes fully transparent. She records all her life except for, you know, ten minute break here and there, so she can go to the bathroom or or something. It's what gets her parents on the uh on the exhibitionist channel, unfortunately. They didn't know they were being watched, but they were. The cameras were on or not covered. And she embarrassed them. And so she goes so she then second thoughts her. Going fully transparent, and because she goes fully transparent, she changes her behavior. She begins to integrate herself far more into the circle culture, doing stuff on the the circle campus, fully integrating her work life with her social life, and being in this bubble. And it, it it's a it's a decent metaphor for how sal- surveillance can influence our personal autonomy, take it away, and increase our self-censorship. So we act more model citizen-like. We become less rowdy. So obviously there are layers to this onion because I brought it all the way up to religion, modern religion. But I think it's the core feature of the film and it's a great uh, representation, I think, of the Panopticon effect and having uh, some commentary on how bad it can how bad it could be how good it could be but also how bad it could be if it is abused if we don't have a good social contract around how this information is used right who gets to own that information who gets to make money from that uh, that data all of all of that very big huge, ethical questions for a product like this. Luckily, right now, I don't think a camera system like that would work. Um I so maybe we have 10 years. Maybe you have 10 years. So, I don't know. We'll see what we'll see what happens with the cameras everywhere. I mean, we also have cameras in our hands and we're taking video and selfies and other pictures and stuff. We we are documenting the world as we see it and then We can relive it later, right, on these phones, but they're uploaded to YouTube, they're uploaded to other social media sites, and stuff just gets shared everywhere. Millions of people can see something immediately with the handheld devices that we have. I just realized I'm probably going to sound like a get off my lawn in this episode. So before I go any further, just know that uh, (laughs) my... Issues with surveillance are going to be uh, very rooted in maybe not not as much as we should, and, and maybe more of a get-off-my-lawn kind of, of chastising. I would say for this particular aspect of the film and how the public would react to surveillance, the world that the Circle lives in, Uh, kind of San Francisco of another universe in our multiverse saga ways these days. Luckily, like I said, the camera system not going to be in our near, near future, even though we have phones in our hands with amazing cameras on them. But those those kinds of cameras are a little far, uh, uh, within the next decade, I would say, And so it's near future, and then let's turn it up kind of a lot to make our point, right? Who cares that it's not necessarily plausible in 2017 terms, but maybe something will be like it in 2024, and so near future vibes. Let's just do new future vibes, but like turn it up to 11, okay? So we may not be there right now. It is coming, in my opinion. Okay. As I put on my tinfoil hat. But I think the film kind of, even in this alternate universe, kind of suggests the public would be all in. Uh, and while I wager that uh, the data s- suggests that Apple is more popular in the United States, but Android phones are more popular in Europe and, and, and in Asia. I think that's the case and we all are just all over the place. So while I think the circle paints itself as the old like really the only social media and really the only like trendy Apple like following but like expanded again kind of exaggerating the point a little bit to to like really bash you on the head about. Social ills, like, damn it, surveillance. Look at this weird and almost extreme but entirely plausible scenario. The thing that gets wrong is, like, people will be like, yeah, yeah, sign me up for that. It's great. I can't agree with anyone on anything, but, oh, uh, yeah. A single phone with a single app on it? Sounds wonderful. It'll allow me to spend more time on YouTube. I don't think that. As much as people are hip to trends, yes, I don't think we would all collectively go, this sounds like it's not going to be a problem. No corporation in history has hurt the little guy. Let's do it. There would be so much talk, so much public opinion pieces written, so many podcasts about it. It would just be all over the place. And in the meantime, the company, the circle could go out of business, right? With, with all of the back and forth. So surveillance, the number one concept that I wanted to share, and because TIL on the Panopticon effect.
3: You were probably wondering about your new screen. <laughs> Hi, I'm Gina. I'm Matt. Hi. Dan said this would be a good moment to set up all your socials. Do you have time? Sure. Great. I take it last week you were too busy to set up your company's social account and I don't think you've imported your old profile. Sorry, I've just been kind of overwhelmed so far. Oh. No, in a good way. I just haven't had time yet for, like, extracurricular stuff. Wow. That's so interesting you put it that way. We actually see your profile and the activity on it as integral to your participation here. This is how your coworkers, even the ones on the other side of campus, know who you are. Communication certainly isn't extracurricular, right? Right. Of course.
0: We consider you a full, knowable person of unlimited potential and a crucial member of the community.
3: But you're such an enigma. I am. It's been years since someone so shredded in mysteries started here.
0: Everyone really likes you.
3: Your work's been exemplary, strong ratings for your first week. Are you satisfied with your performance? Uh, I, th- I think I can do better.
0: Good, but it's not all about work, okay? It's also about community.
3: Of course.
0: It's all connected.
3: But you've had a blip or two when it comes to meshing with the community, like your absence at several weekend or evening events, which are, of course, optional. I'm sorry? Let's start with this weekend. You left campus at 11.42 p.m. on Friday and got back 8.46 a.m. Monday.
1: Was there work on the weekend?
2: Oh,
3: (laughs) Oh, no. I'm sorry. No, (laughs) no, no. There wasn't mandatory work on the weekend. This isn't like a clock in, clock out type place. Thank God. But, you know, there were thousands of people here participating in a hundred different activities. So many. I'm sorry. I,
1: um, my dad had an, an episode and I was home helping out with that.
0: I'm so sorry to hear that. Is that related to his MS?
3: Uh yeah I didn't know anything about this incident did you reach out to any Circlers during this crisis
0: Annie anybody
3: uh no I no May there are four groups here for staffers dealing with MS two of them for children of MS patients have you sought out a group
2: the next one that I enjoy talking about with uh respect to these five concepts that I found represented in the movie is the idea of the first half of the movie reflecting two kind of interesting caricatures. The first one is social conformity. So when May is getting integrated into the circle after she gets the job, she is you know told about how the grading system works and how she wants to be as close to 100 as possible and... Then, you know, she's told to be more active on the circle pages and engaging with uh, fans or with other people and sharing stuff and doing corporate stuff within the circle. Stay within the bubble. They want everyone to be in the bubble and sort of a worker bee automaton that does social and work life in the same place. And rarely leaving that. So yeah, cult-like, uh, is very uh, very faith and for the good of the company. And I think it was very interesting that in May's interview, the dude says, uh, for the good of one or for the good of many. And May responds, same. And then it moves on to the next one. That is the nature of the overarching theme of the movie and whether or not you engage in social conformity or you break the mold and co- the circle is corporate culture caricature to the max to the max again uh take our point let's exaggerate it so you know damn it bonk on the head what we're talking about you can you can extract it the be the circle only, everyone getting in lockstep. Everyone is conforming to the corporate culture ideal in a 21st century, modern, progressive workplace, right? There's a good scene where uh, two like engagement officers come and essentially harass May at her workstation, and they... Are trying to coach her on how she needs to engage with people and be more active on her, the circle page or whatever it's called. It's very abrasive. And while I was watching, I was like, Oh my gosh, uh, I wish I could say to them, like, uh, I, I don't, you guys are talking too fast and have them slow down and maybe not condescend me so much as, It's all learning, right? You're new, you're new, you're new. You got to be nice. So May's skeptical in the beginning, but then she quickly warms into it and it really ramps up when she integrates herself fully is when she goes transparent and she's, you know, being the model citizen of the circle. So an interesting caricature of social conformity in this movie. I think it, Works and I think the movie lands this commentary because you are you get the ick from those uh like uh, engagement coaches you you get the ick you're like yeah this is really corporatey and we need to make if we're do, we're kind of doing this we need to back off hopefully you're not you know you're not part of a corporate culture that does this kind of thing it's oh boy
1: we all pay taxes. And what, 80% of us did that online last year? Why not stop duplicating services? Why not just make it all part of one unified system? You could pay your taxes, vote, pay your parking ticket, all through your Circle account. We'd save users hundreds of hours of inconvenience. We'd save the government billions.
4: Hundreds of billions. We could eliminate
0: half of it overnight.
1: Why wouldn't the government just build a similar service? Why the hell do they need us? It would cost too much. They don't have the expertise. We already have the infrastructure.
0: You're absolutely right. Government needs us more than we need them.
2: And the other uh, aspect of this social commentary, social conformity commentary, is how conformity can lead to a group bias called groupthink. Groupthink is an interesting one. It is a situation where a decision has to be made, uh, usually w- from at least two alternatives, and instead of good debate and and fully evaluating all of the alternatives to make the best choice, where all of the options have been explored, you end up with. Everyone being a, a yes person. Perhaps just acquiescence to fervent fealty, right? So you're either bored and noncommittal, so you're like, yeah, whatever, whatever the status quo is. Or you're like, yes, yes, master. Make the best choice. The best choice for you. Whatever you want, we'll say yes to it. I promise. And when this happens in... Group decisions, very famously with Kennedy's inner circle and the Bay of Pigs invasion. What ends up happening is dissent is shut down, nuances thrown out the window. It's the drama of it. And dare I say, Emma Watson does not land this uh, charismatic kind of speaker in an American accent. She comes off very flat. But in this particular meeting, She suggests that everyone has to join the circle who to thunk it. And um, the only way. uh, Well, that's actually the outcome, because the only way you could vote that uh, require all citizens to vote. The only way you could vote is through the government's partnership with the circle as a social network for mandatory voting. And so you had to make a group, uh, the circle uh, account to complete your uh, vote and if you didn't you'd be a i guess a vote dodger because voting would be compulsory but you would also be able to access medical services i guess it sounds like the medical services would still exist in an insurance-based system i don't know that's not clear to me in the movie And completing other civic duties. So essentially requiring the entire entire citizenry, a the circle social network account as their social security number, right? Your account becomes your social security number. And that is what you use to do everything (laughs) in government participation as a citizen, right? Because, again, they would make voting compulsory. And everyone's like, yeah, Karen Gillum at this point in the movie, Annie, is uh, fed up with uh, the it, it's it has basically caused her to lose sleep and then get to depre- wildly depressed. And uh, she tries to dissent in this meeting and they all kind of boo her away. She ends up leaving and then As she's gone now, everyone's like, yeah, this is an amazing idea. And so all of the critical questioning had disappeared with Annie, which dissent can happen. But if you get rid of that dissent before the final decision is made, you are engaging in a lack of critical questioning and the added pressure to conform, which in turn gives the illusion that the group's decision i.e., the chair or the boss's decision was unanimous when in fact it was unanimous in name only, even though there might be some real reservations about it. I know there was at least one person in that room who was like, even after Karen Gillum's Annie left, right? Just like, yeah, okay. I I get you. And I'm sure there was dissent or would be dissent on the Internet if somebody tried to do this. So, yeah, definitely groupthink happening in that meeting, among other meetings, I suppose, with uh, top level people. Pretty sure it was the executed vision of Bailey and the COO played by Patton Oswalt. It was their vision and they didn't. Why anyone standing in their way? So they they built an inner circle of sycophants.
4: In the interest of sharing everything she can with the world, may has uh, may has some news.
1: From now on, I'll be wearing a modified sea change camera at all times. I'm going fully transparent.
4: Well, maybe not in the bathroom.
1: We'll be starting immediately.
4: That's right. <clears throat> May will be the first circle to share every single second of her work and her personal life with the public. So let's give her an even bigger hand.
2: The third one that really needed to be discussed because I am seeing posts about this constantly and it has to do with the whole the circle social media being very intrusive in one's life especially somebody who worked for the circle and then may going full transparency and just broadcasting her entire life to um social media right being a 24-hour twitch streamer really Going through them, you know, all of the mundane stuff you do in every day and people get a chance to anonymously say something to you and you may catch it in like the eyepiece or whatever. But honestly, that's a lot to keep up with constantly being talked about and and discussed. I wonder, I don't know if I could do it with the with how I know my brain. I, I couldn't I couldn't do that. It would be too much. And like I said, character, the characterization from the first half of the movie to the second half, when she goes full transparency, I was like, this doesn't fit. But I'm seeing posts about this and it's what social media you use and the connection it has with narcissism and whether there is a link between increased use of social media and like actually posting and engaging and doing all that stuff, not even just consuming, but like engaging with it with yourself, engaging with it, like putting content on it rather than consuming the content. And I've been seeing posts, like I said, all over the place regarding the behavior of wanting validation from likes, comments, views, all of that kind of stuff. and whether it's the rise of narcissism or even the degradation of self-esteem. I found a couple of articles, Harvard Business Review, Are You a Digital Narcissist? April of last year, and it goes through all of the many ways that some online behaviors again kind of kind of a get off my lawn vibe to the argument. Sorry. It's it's an argument that Many of the behaviors that we do and how much even how much time we spend on social media gives rise to narcissistic tendencies, not saying people who use social media and in, even in the ways mentioned in the piece, not saying that you're a narcissist, but there is an argument in there, I will say it's i I I don't know where I stand on many of these many of the points but I also would agree with it's probably a tenuous relationship if it if there is right I also found an article on psychology today a post um, from 2019, I believe, narcissism in the social media, should we be afraid? Well, I don't like it when things are phrased like that, but I get it, I, I suppose. And they even say that there seems to be a connection with the rise of narcissistic tendencies or narcissistic behaviors with, and there's a connection with, increase use. so a positive relationship there. More behaviors because of and sort of making the argument because of social media use, right? So, one way direction rather than what a correlation would give you a bi directional relationship. There would be some ethical concerns if you were to manipulate this as an experiment. So, at least in my view, you. You get to be in the group that does way too much social media. I'm going to break your brain. (laughs) Oh, you weren't supposed to know that. And then you, you young man, you are going to be in the no social media group. You're going to be happy, maybe, but perhaps also potentially lonely for not being able to have social media. So (laughs) let's separate you two and then watch whichever lives fade into the dust. But I don't think there's enough evidence to suggest that this is a causal relationship, increased social media and more narcissistic behaviors. It's an interesting question, though, based on the diagnostic criteria for narcissism. I'm not going to get into that in in this because there are a lot. But I mean, a good example of this in the movie is when May starts to figure out how to be better at her job. And becomes more and more obsessed with her ranking at the circle. And she becomes what some might call addicted, engrossed, uh, captured by these rankings in these feedback loops of likes, comments. And she starts to morph her identity to be more external, validation-driven. She starts looking for others to validate her as a human, as a a woman, as a valued member in her family, as a um, loved and valued daughter. She needs people to tell her that because she doesn't necessarily believe it herself unless her external values, in this case, literal numbers give her that that feedback. And it's 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 tough if you are stuck in that feedback loop to get to get out of it. It's tough. I was like that with grades, I suppose, in college and maybe somewhat in the beginning of up and through my PhD program, sort of stuck in the feedback loop of grades and thinking that my worth was a little maybe too connected to it, and by the second year, I was like, oh okay well they're not they're not going to fail me if I'm not like giving up and not trying like I'm actually putting an effort, I'm developing a research program. I suppose that explanation makes me feel a little bit better whether it's true, I don't know uh but that's 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 how i you know that's how I reconciled. Like from year three on yeah year three, four, and five, and so I get it um that external validation need it's tough to break, but with enough practice and reframing of thoughts and things like that you can you can work on so like c b t uh cognitive behavioral therapy um you can reframe your thoughts to be more internally validating value in your existence and you know that you have knowledge that you are valued by those other people but you don't need to be told that you just know it right so that would be the internal validation that you would want to that do you need to build back so essentially having cheerleaders and knowing that you had cheerleaders but they don't need to actually be there cheerleading you and in in their outfits and like doing flips and stuff. So I thought that was interesting. Again, taken to the extreme, a good idea, taken to the extreme so you knew exactly what they were saying. I think this is a, a good film for that kind of, hey, this narrative has a message. Let's dissect this message in a psychological context. I think there's really useful scenes and concepts within this plot that unfortunately make two different movies, but in my view, uh, but they're like right there and they're low hanging fruit. And it's really fun.
4: This a special Dream Friday. I thought I'd change it up a bit today and not have a speech, but an interview. I had a conversation with a young circler the other day that I wanted to share with you. I've asked May Holland, who some of you might know, as one of our new guppies in customer experience, to join me today. May's only been with us for a few months, but she has made quite an impression. Let's bring her out. May Holland. <laughs> well, hi, May. How are you?
1: Terrified. Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> Don't be nervous.
1: Easy for you to say.
4: All All right, May, we have all seen the sea change footage from the other night, but please describe what happened for us.
1: I committed a crime. I borrowed a kayak without the owner's knowledge, paddled out to the middle of the bay, and I wasn't wearing a life jacket.
4: Well, I'm not sure that's exactly a capital offense, but you did risk your own life. So, Mae, do you think you behave better or worse when you are being watched?
1: Better. Without a doubt.
4: And what happens when you're alone and unobserved?
1: Well, for starters, I steal kayaks. (laughs) (laughs) She's a natural. Seriously, I do things I don't want to do. I lie.
4: When we spoke the other day, you had a way of putting it that I thought was very interesting and succinct. Could you tell us all what you said?
1: I said that secrets are lies.
4: Secrets are lies. Go on.
1: Secrets are what make crimes possible. We behave worse when we're not accountable. I was my worst self. Because... I didn't think anyone was watching. I thought that I was alone.
2: The fourth aspect that I I found in the, the movie, to be uh, fairly accurate, was um, the battle that we are all playing now for, um, I guess, the future of consumption of data, right? By companies where... Humans are the product and our behaviors and our desires and our expressed ideas and thoughts make their way into social media platforms. Again, get off my lawn. We're having this, I suppose, age-old debate of privacy versus transparency. How much privacy is guaranteed as one of humanity's unalienable rights right being able to be a private person for better or for worse your privacy is your business and your business is only yours unless you are committing fraud or or some sort of nasty societal ill like i don't know people putting their children in basements and chaining them up that kind of stuff oh god that got really dark Sorry, okay, more light lightheartedness, privacy. Oh yes, being able to um have a space that's all your own. But also digital privacy, having our information stored on clouds and how much of a company can have our data um are they allowed to scrape the data that we store for free where we are actually paying in our data, our creations whether or not they're allowed to scrape or they can't it's not in their end user license agreement. I don't know. I mean, we don't read those things. Maybe it's a thing. Uh I tend to tend to feel like it is like they can they have access to certain things about the data that you produce. It's like how many spreadsheets do you have? mean, that gives them some data. Okay, does this person use Sheets, right? And then on the other side of this coin is transparency. How much do we want to give to a government that allows us the tranquility of privacy, but just enough tranquility of privacy, so not full-on utopia because there's a give and a take, Right the unifying force of any society is how it governs itself, right? How it makes decisions about what's good and what's bad, whether that's on a moral question or just a ecological question, like living in, in the environment, what's the, what's the natural decision. So we have to give up some privacy through transparency to get a functioning society with the way that we evolved. So we got to give up some of it to get some of it, right? Not fully, fully private, but also not fully transparent. And so, again, as the other three concepts that I talked about already, that there's just a good example of this knocking you over the head with two characters in the movie. So, I didn't I haven't mentioned uh the character of Mercer through a few interactions here and there we find that Mercer was a childhood friend of May and he was a full-on Bay Area country boy. So, sort of East Bay but into the wilderness more and he represents the unplugged person while May represents the fully transparent person as she ends up going in the movie. Mercer doesn't want his ornate deer antler chandeliers on social media because he knew that he would get flack for making art, functional art out of a dead animal's body. And he does. And he's like, I never asked you to put my chandelier on your circle account. Like, how dare you? You should have asked me first because it's my livelihood. And now I'm getting death threats. The stuff you posted about my work.
1: Your chandeliers?
5: Yeah, I, I know you meant well, but.
1: What's the problem? Just... I thought I saw good stuff going up.
5: They started calling me a deer killer. And then there's a campaign. To shut me down. I wasn't even online. I was working. And when I checked my email, there were death threats. I'm sorry. Death threats, May.
1: Obviously, I never meant for this to happen, but I I could fix it.
5: May. May. You listen to me? I can't do this. I can't be a part of this world that you're creating. What are you talking about? Jesus Christ, look at these people. Does this really seem okay to you? Why don't you go kill some more deer, Mercer? I never killed any deer. I don't kill deer.
1: Mercer, look. Let's not do this here. Let's go upstairs. I'll figure it out Do with you, you
5: ever leave I... this place, May? We used to go on adventures and have fun and see things and you were brave and excited. And now it's all filtered through this.
2: And this happens in the lobby of the Circle Building, and people end up starting to film. They they grab out their cell phones and they call him a, um, a deer killer, or, you know, something horrible about killing deers. And he's like, I don't do it. Uh, I get the antlers from other people. Hunt other people who are hunters. Can't eat the. Can't eat the antlers, and what if you don't want a uh, a buckhead on your wall? Like, not every hunter gets a, a buckhead, um, a taxidermy buckhead, right? He, you know, meets his demise. I'll save the demise for the last psych concept. But I think the argument that is presented of privacy versus transparency is the exact opposite argument that we actually want to have because. Um, we don't want to argue one side arguing and saying full privacy and the other one saying full transparency. That's not practical. That's not not even logical, in my opinion, because it, it it's talking past each other. You're never going to compromise if your camp is 100 percent only this and the other camp is 100 percent only this. Venn diagrams don't overlap, can't do it. And I feel like that's what they're doing in the movie. They're saying Mercer is a guy who wants nothing but privacy, wants to escape it all and be someone who should have been born in an earlier uh, era where the Internet didn't exist. And he could live out in the middle of Northern California on a river somewhere uh, tending to his profession because he lives near. A hunting area, right? And just be off the grid. He wants to be off the grid. And that's so that's full privacy. And then May does fully transparent. I don't, it's as many words as I needed, right? Full transparency. And you can't put those two arguments together. Nothing is going to come of that discussion. It's already at a stalemate. So while it represents a decent attempt at that argument i think it it misses the mark there they could have been a little bit more subtle with it but then i suppose you'd lose the thriller aspect and the repercussions i suppose of being fully transparent yeah i don't think you want to be fully transparent all the time i don't know maybe that's just old man me
1: we can take a suggestion from the audience uh anyone I'm pretty sure he doesn't want to be found. <laughs> Anyone else? Where's
0: Mercer? Uh, May, this is what Soul Search is all about, as well as completion.
1: Other suggestions?
0: Where's This is the whole point of Soul Search, May. No.
4: No, 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 no. No. I. May, this
0: is the right choice. Hey.
4: Hey, everybody. Hey. I think it's time to unite, man. Mercer, Where are not you? Yeah. All right. through the power of the circle, let's bring them back together again. Okay. The perfect use of soul search. Let's find your friend.
3: Go, man. Now.
1: Okay. our second soul search today involves not a fugitive from justice but you might say a fugitive from um, well, friendship
4: uh, 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 uh. this is my friend
1: Mercer I haven't seen him in a while I'd love to see him again like Fiona though he's someone who's trying not to be found, but unlike Fiona, he's not a criminal, he's good people. Let's see if we can break our previous record. Remember to be nice, okay?
5: Mercer, we know you're in there. You found
1: where he is. Right you did it. I think we should leave.
0: No, May, stay on this. You've got millions of people enjoying this.
5: There he is. There he is. There he is. We just actually found Mercer. <laughs> I cannot believe this. There he is.
2: So the last concept that I found in this movie is one that I like to teach. When I teach social psych, I haven't taught it in a while, which is a major sad. But um, in any case, the thing that I like to talk about, which is there's a decent example in this movie, is the bystander effect. Um, You may have learned about the bystander effect hearing about a story related to a woman named Kitty Genovese. And how her particular murder was the impetus for about a decade later for a couple of social psychologists who investigate why nobody helped this woman while she was being murdered. And a lot of what was reported and discussed at the time and then snowballed into a game of telephone uh, where the same story gets told, but then it gets a little bit more exaggerated or fantastical over time. And it turns out that um, a lot of what was said about that story was wrong. And um, in the last couple of decades, more information has come out about Kitty and what happened that night that she was murdered. But in any case, the bystander effect is something that has been experimentally demonstrated with Darley and Latane, uh, to name a couple of social psychologists who did have a bit of the wrong story regarding uh, Kitty Genovese, but it prompted them to do some really interesting uh, experiments with seeing how the bystander effect occurs, why people don't want to get involved, especially in an emergency situation, or at least a high stress situation, okay? Um... And so when people are in high stress situations or in danger, instead of helping people just become bystanders, they do not participate in the event in any way, shape or form. They're just there to watch, captivated by the high stress situation, captivated by the impending danger. It's a really interesting effect about what humans do and just to think about it on a where did that function come from right why is this an aspect of our behavior and in many cases is it a base behavior a a a universal behavior and like our species right I don't know I don't know the answer to that question I just thought of it right now (laughs) and so I haven't looked up the answer And so what ends up happening is, especially in a group, if we're by ourselves, we may end up helping. But when we're in the group and we just feel like we become the audience, right, we're just staring at life happening in front of our eyes like a movie or a TV show, we realize that we're in a group we know that we're in a group and we end up going oh they'll that person will do it that person's stronger than me they'll do it oh that person's closer they'll get to them it'll be fine or any number of rationalizations about why you're not helping and diffusing your responsibility to other people because majorly you don't want to do the wrong thing and if the wrong thing might involve your death maybe you don't do it i think that there is conflicting evidence about whether humans have a um, survival imperative i because you've got the darwin awards but then we do try our best to make sure we don't die on a daily basis you know pain's a good motivator so there is that so i think there's uh interesting arguments on both sides of that but the bystander effect is best expressed in the end of the movie at, or toward the end of the movie where May has just like skyrocketed to the top of this this uh, this company and launching a new uh, kind of app and social network integration um, with like drones and finding um Criminals by facial recognition and other kinds of stuff and just people looky-loos and saying I think I found her and then like FaceTiming the whole people to catch a wanted fugitive and it's wild but then they do the same thing to May's friend Mercer and because he is the 100% privacy guy he gets attacked because people find out where he lives and they were able to find him. And I think the goal was like find people another 20 minutes or something like that. So they were able to find Mercer and he runs away because he doesn't want to be followed. And he ends up f- um, flying over uh, one of the Bay area bridges into the Bay and uh, dies. And like may is devastated and millions of people apparently watched this happen live, right? And were just captivated by it. And it's it's honestly the digital age bystander effect person in in distress in the middle of a street in New York City. I think that commentary can work if you frame it right, uh, regarding um that we're all just like watching the world on our on our um you know, four-inch phone screens that we're just watching the world go by, and there's there's some who say, you know, go out and experience nature and do all of that stuff, and then there's another camp that's like, screens are cool, leave me alone, and, and then there are people in the middle who are like, you can do both, I suppose, probably, right? And I find that commentary to be more plausible, more plausible now that things like this might occur, with increasing frequency. So again, the this, uh, this circle being seven years, six, seven years prophetic, you know, after the COVID-19 pandemic really changed the world. Hey, welcome to the 2020s. The world will be quite different than it was in the 2010s. So I think the near future was closer than the, filmmakers knew to be at least i'll say so uh, it has a lot of good commentary in the movie i enjoyed some of the commentary again there is there are some that doesn't that 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 don't like land a lot of it falls flat or a lot of it's too extreme Uh, very easy to pop out like i said very easy to grab those things and talk about them and move on and and, but also view the whole narrative and see if students can spot students or, or you, the the new audience member, can spot when May's characterization sort of just flips to the extreme on the other side. And whether or not you think that was intentional, I kind of didn't. If it was, I kind of didn't like it. But in my view, it, it didn't really work for her uh, characterization so far as what was being built in the first half of the movie. I think there is, like I said, a lot to be um, commended in this movie. Not a good story, uh, not a good twist and just kind of weak performances all around. Uh, Interesting, interesting kind of amalgamation of social media companies and their, their figureheads or at least caricatures of those figureheads really charismatic dudes. And that's going to do it for this episode. Thanks for coming on the journey with me into the Circle 2017's uh, Nostradamus-esque commentary on current social media and technology. All sorts of things. I spotted five psych... Concepts in there and related stories and related ideas in there. Portrayed rather well, I'll say. Like I said, good examples of many of these ideas in plain sight in this. Uh, it's really, really useful film for the kind of endeavor that I like to go on. Don't forget to check out the merch store. Sales always going on at the time. Catch your Best item of clothing, and grab one of the logos on there—the original logo and the 2024 new editions. Um, it's good stuff. Uh, the clothes are really comfy, and the mugs, not bad. I like the mug; it's really nice. I also got a magnet too. So check out the merch store. You can find it on the website, cinemasike.swansike.com/slash. Store, I believe. Something like that. You'll get there. Catch us on the website cinema psych.com Thanks so much for listening to this episode and maybe delete your social media accounts. Just delete them. They want your data. Until the next episode, thanks for listening.